I couldn't be religious and gay. It was impossible. I was being marketed as some sort of like teenage it girl. When a girl kissed me on my 18th birthday, a whole other world opened up to me. I was a minor nuisance. Eight Australians will tell you about the choices that have led them to unexpected places. These are some of the stories you will hear on Let Me Tell You, a podcast where real people tell incredible real stories. Look for Let Me Tell You and follow wherever you get your podcasts. What would your 100% honest dating profile say? I would write, you must have the capacity to cry. (laughs) I'm never not panicking. I think it would say that I'm a very neurotic person. Like, let me just have this existential crisis while I eat my meal with you. Look, if you had one shot or one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted, Would you capture it or just let it slip? Yo, his palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mum's spaghetti. He's nervous, but on the surface, he looks calm and ready. That was a snippet from the 2002 song Lose Yourself by Eminem, which portrays the visceral feelings of anxiety Eminem experiences right before going on a Tinder date. I'm sure many of you listeners at home can relate to these feelings. This is Love Me, Love My Anxiety, a podcast about dating when you're already partnered up with anxiety. My name is Kevin Jin, and I'm a Sydney-based comedian who also has anxiety. In fact, I'm experiencing some right now. It's easy enough to waggle your fingers over some photos of strangers online, but what happens when we cross the threshold into three-dimensional space? There's something different to the dynamic now. How do we introduce ourselves? How do I look? Will they like the cafe I've suggested? What should I wear? Will the fact that I'm worrying right now about how the date will go screw the date up in and of itself? Am I spiraling? Can I cancel the date now and not look like an awful person? Oh god, am I spiraling? The answer to all these questions is yes. And also listen to the rest of this episode. In this episode, I'll be talking about a very bad date that I went on in real life. I'll also be speaking to my now friend Christine about that terrible date that we went on and relive my anxiety attack for the sake of content. What's the worst first date you've been on? I'd say the worst first date that I've been on was someone that wanted to go skydiving with me, first date. And I'm like, I'm scared of heights. I'm scared of people. I don't know who you are. Like, I never met them in person either. And I was like, uh, can we like, you know, just like go get some coffee? Honestly, I have so many bad date stories. I had one where the guy had a peanut allergy. I got so nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, like, do you have an EpiPen on you? Like, what happens in, like, this situation? And then, obviously, like, part of me, again, just goes to the worst possible thing, which is, he might die on this day, and I'm going to end up in, like, a hospital. I was being loud, and I just said, I don't have any money. Can you buy me a drink, please? And she was not impressed. I destroyed that date before it even began. Like, what's the word? No, you you sab- like, sabotage. I sabotage myself, yeah. I was going to meet Christine. My plan was for us to walk around Sydney's Chinatown 
find one of the many nice places to eat, and then walk around Darling Harbour. What's really great about Darling Harbour is that it has a big playground with lots of interactive water features, which are heaps fun, and also free if you're poor like I was before this lucrative podcasting gig. There's always lots of families with kids there, so the topic of kids can organically come up and you can suss out each other's vibes on the topic. If you can't tell, overplanning is one of my anxiety compulsions. I managed to get as far as the walk around Chinatown part of the plan. Due to poorly managing my uni studies and crushing too many comedy gigs that week, I was very worn out by the time of the date itself and had an anxiety attack mid-introduction to Christine. Panicking, I suggested we walk into the nearest Korean buffet that sold by weight and proceeded to eat two and a half kilograms of food in front of an also nervous Christine because value for money is important and also because I stress eat. I immediately felt even more not great and asked to go home. There were no further dates. This episode is about how not to let anxiety hijack your love life and manage those first date jitters. We'll talk to some people about what works for them, what doesn't work, and how to maximize your returns on Korean barbecue. We're going to talk to Christine soon to get her take on our date disaster. In the meantime, it's a comfort to know that everyone hates first dates and that they suck. Con Stamacostas is now happily married with a family, but ahead of his first date with his now wife, he ended up calling an ambulance. Hi Con, uh, thanks for speaking with us today. Can you tell us a bit about the first date you went on with your now wife and why you had to call an ambulance beforehand? A few months before I met my wife, I had a heart attack. Oh. So I was 37 years old. It's a long road to recovery. When I was in hospital the second time, I had this massive anxiety attack in my stomach because I thought I was having a heart attack again, right? And I call that my anxiety baby, right? <laughs> the week I was gonna have the date with my wife, I had another one. And that's why I had to call the ambulance. So I was having the anxiety attack, which felt very similar to the heart attack. I had chest pains, sweating, I couldn't breathe. And then there's this Greek like concoction that if you've got a stomachache, my mum used to give me, which is coffee and lemon. Oh my God. And that exacerbated <laughs> the heart attack, Kevin. But Con eventually overcame his panic attack and realized that to be ready for this date, he'd have to do some preparation. So there was a couple of days after my ambulance incident and mm -hmm. I had to keep busy. So I went and did some reconnaissance work. Yeah, um, <laughs> like a spy, James so, Bond. So I was going to meet my wife at Newtown and I was going to have dumplings in Newtown. So I went, I'll go to the station, right? And then I'll walk from the station to where the dumpling place was. So I know exactly how long it's going to take. And then I'll yep, work out yep. how, where I'm going to stand. <laughs> like, and then I decided to make a sign similar to like when, you know, when you, you're at the airport and you see people like limo drivers with a sign. Yeah. So I was going to have a sign there to alleviate the anxiety and the weird like hello kind of thing. And also yeah. because I was going on, a, on an internet date, I needed a story, I think ahead, Kevin. So I was already yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. <laughs> of our marriage and like the fifth day. <laughs> yeah, so when the time came, I totally 
didn't recognize her and I wasn't even holding up the sign. <laughs> she goes, are you con? Are you con? And I went, what? And I picked up the sign. I lost the, the moment it was gone. So I picked it up and I went, oh, this is for you. She And she laughed. So con, this is something that I've learned. This is something I do with my fiance. Don't tell her this. But I will engineer moments like that where I do look a bit dumb because she thinks it's cute when I'm dumb. Yeah, yeah, totally. So after a series of bad first dates, Con learned something that changed the game. On many first dates, try to have a, like, this is the books I've read, or these are the philosophers that I know, and like, listen to how hilarious I am in this story. But with this date, I played like the fidgety guy. I listened. Kevin, I listened. I've never listened before. So (laughs) I let my wife talk which was fascinating because people say all kinds of things. I don't know. I didn't realize that letting other people speak was such a positive thing to do. I had destroyed so many previous dates. I had sabotaged so many relationships. Even all this stuff that happened, I just went, just get through this date. Just get through this date. If you can get through this date, then you can go on another date if you're lucky then you can go on the next day. Just don't let the anxiety beat you. Khan's reconnaissance work for his dumpling date was intense. And I think we've learned that there's no limit to the amount of overthinking you can do before a date. Let's hear from psychiatrist, Dr. Cameron Ahmed about unpacking first date nerves. I guess dating is a sort of hotbed for that kind of anxiety because dating anxiety is essentially a type of social anxiety. So in social anxiety, you're kind of worried about being judged negatively or doing something embarrassing or doing something wrong and humiliating yourself. So you can imagine that people who have that kind of anxiety you know, be triggered in a dating situation. But there's a useful concept from cognitive behavioral therapy that is helpful in kind of understanding how it arises and and what you can do about it. Your thoughts, your mood and your behavior are all linked, yeah? So if you have an anxious thought, then you're likely to feel anxious. Assuming I've got a hot date in five days time, Mm -hmm. what can I do now to get ready for it? Well, I think if you start having anxious thoughts, like for example, oh my God, this person's too hot for me, right? (laughs) Then, you know, you could stop and start challenging that and think, well, you know, if they've agreed to go on a date with me, I'm assuming they know what you look like. So are they really too hot for you? Or is that just a misconception that you've got? So you can challenge the thoughts along those lines. Also, when you're preparing for a date, making sure you know what you're going to wear, leaving yourself enough time to get there so you're not kind of running late and getting anxious about that. Also, you can remind yourself that they'll most likely be feeling anxious too. And everyone's in the same boat. That can help a little bit. Once you're actually on the date with this hot person, Kevin, then um, if you get a bit stuck, then it's useful to shift the attention to the other person. So sometimes anxiety is very kind of self-focused. So you start overthinking what you're saying and you might become overly aware of your own bodily sensations like, oh my God, I look like I'm sweating or... I'm flushed. And if you shift your attention to the other person, 
by asking them a question, let's say. Something like, what kind of music do you like? Or what was the last holiday that you went on? Mm. It you know, might get you out of your head. And, and also, uh, the other thing I'd say is things can go wrong on a date, but it's not the end of the world. You know, sometimes it can be kind of endearing as well. So, I mean, I'll give you a personal example. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> I went on a, a date once and so went out for dinner with this girl and um, the food had arrived. So she took a bite of her food and then it looked like she'd sort of stopped breathing for a second. And then she stood up and started coughing loads. And then I stood up as well and sort of thought, oh, my God, I have to do the Heimlich maneuver. Like, <laughs> Like being a psychiatrist, you don't do a lot of the sort of physical health side of medicine. You're not that type of doctor. <laughs> yeah. um, but then she managed to clear it with her coughing. Then eventually we laughed about it. And in a weird way, it kind of brought us closer together. And yeah, we dated for a while after that. Oh, yeah. I believe they call that a meat cute. Yeah, the meat that went down the wrong pipe, she didn't think that was cute. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yeah, I think it was some steak that she was eating. And it was yeah. like, yeah. This is the bit now where I talk about my really embarrassing date. Christine has come back to debrief about our Korean barbecue disaster. Remember when we went to Koreatown and I had a panic attack and I ate way too much barbecue in front of you? Like we went to that buffet place? Yes, yes, I yeah. do remember. You seem to be uh, highly energetic on that day uh, in particular. I mean, you were really enthusiastic about the uh, Korean food menu and the things that you wanted for us to order. I'm literally getting a flashback as you describe this, but I will be a big boy and tough through it. I think the most memorable moment would have to be us ordering the Korean kimchi pancake, it arriving at the table and you dashing off to the bathroom. That happened, right? I, look, I've really, really repressed it, but I, sure. We were, uh, well, I was testing the waters. I was trying out all the different dishes. And of course, as you know, I'm very well versed when it comes to Korean cuisine. And I think I was less than impressed. And I think you were slightly traumatized that I wasn't um, enjoying the food all too much. Did you notice anything that wasn't right at the time? That Anything that seemed a bit off? I would say so. I felt like, um, you know, me, I'm quite an anxious person. Uh, what with it being uh, like the vibe was slightly off, mm. whether it was you, myself or the both of us, our energies combined. Yeah, I would definitely say it was very much so the vibe was off with me. Both of us having horrible anxiety probably didn't help things. What kind of emotions usually run through your head before a first date? When I'm going to meet someone for the first time on a first date, there's basically lots of waves of anxiety and just, I guess, general nerves. And I just think, and I conjure up in my head as well, a, you know, a thousand different possible scenarios of how the date might play and how things might end. So yeah, my brain is crazy and I, and I think all too many things uh, right before the date actually happens. Yeah. Do you do that thing? Because I do this thing sometimes as well in the past. It's like, it's like, if they do this, I'll do this. And if they do this, I'll do this. But if they respond to this, I'll do that. And you're just kind of like juggling way too many things in your brain. Yes. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, yeah. How do you prepare or calm your nerves before a first date? Um, 
I guess, for instance, with me, I'm someone who basically word vomits a lot when it Mm. comes to, you know, making conversation on a first date. So sometimes I'll conjure up lots of different conversation topics. And I guess on the way to a first date, say if I'm catching public transport, if I'm uh, catching the train, like literally 40 minutes um, all the way into the city, I'll be thinking about all the different topics I want to be talking to this person about. Yeah, that's what I usually do. Okay, so you're kind of like pre-scripting the the encounter in your head. Basically, uh, which sounds creepy now that I think about it, but... It sounds very normal, I reckon. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I was doing that before our date. I was like, I'm going to take her to a nice Korean restaurant. It's going to be like this. And then what actually happened, happened. (laughs) Yeah, which was fine. Did you decide then and there that there wasn't going to be another date? Honestly, it was a good experience, I would say, Mm. for the both of us, because, you know, ultimately, since that day, we've developed a really strong friendship. So, I mean, that's, you know, a positive. Yes, first dates can be really nerve-wracking, but before you flake, take a second and think about what you might get out of it. You can meet someone who's on your wavelength, either as a friend or as a partner. At the very least, you can get a nice meal and a story out of it. I'd call that a win. Remember, the alternative to going on a bad date is not avoid going on dates entirely. A first date is just a first date. Even if your nerves feel out of control, you can still control if you're listening and communicating with your date, which will definitely make the date go better. If anything, telling them that you're feeling a bit nervous can be a good first step to something really cool. Also, it's very important to remember that Korean restaurants will offer many complimentary side dishes and these are free to refill as often as you want. So definitely keep that in mind when you're planning out your order. Next episode, we'll be talking about what happens after your awesome first date. You've gone on a few more since then, great job, but you're not sure how to bring up the fact that you have anxiety and that's making you feel, for lack of a better word, anxious. So stick around and we'll have a yarn about how to make the big anxiety reveal. You don't want to hide things, but you need to like protect yourself. And also you like social standards dictate that you don't like go on a first date and you're like, hey, I have trauma and this is it. And now it's your problem. (laughs) If this episode raised any issues for you, you can contact Beyond Blue 24-7 on 1300 4636. Or, for 24-7 crisis support, call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Love Me, Love My Anxiety is a podcast from SBS Voices. It's hosted by me, Kevin Jin, produced by Caitlin Chang, and audio production by Jeremy Wilmot. Our executive producers are Natalie Hambly and Danielle Teutsch. Don't forget that if you want to learn more about dating when it comes to mental health, you can catch me on The Swiping Game, streaming now on SBS On Demand.